Hi, and welcome to the Ballyhoo Bridge podcast, where we are your bridge out of chaos. I'm your host, Heather, and I've discovered the thing I enjoy most in life is helping people get unstuck. What do I mean unstuck? Well, are you stuck in your own chaos? Are you either struggling to quiet the noise and figure out your next move? Or you know what to do, but you have no idea how to actually do it. Whether it's trying to understand all your spiritual desires or trying to grow a solo business. And now you're asking why I'm talking about both, right? Well, because it's been my experience that spiritual growth and solo business often go hand in hand. And that with the desire to grow, in comes the chaos. No matter where you are in that journey, you often just need someone to take you by the hand and help you bridge the gaps to your next goal, your next success. You need help to quiet the madness and understand your options. So we're going to talk about spiritual things and sometimes business things and probably a few other things too as we move through the chaos and cross the bridges. I hope you'll come along with me. Hey guys, I actually want to talk about something that for me at least is, it's kind of serious. It's an issue. Okay, let's not use issue. Let's say it's a challenge. It's a big challenge for me. And it's about letting go. Okay, how many guys out there, how many people have ever told you, look, just let go and let it happen. And I'm over there going, yeah, that sounds really great and groovy. And I don't know how to do that. And I actually hear that lot and then of course when people say it to me I get mad because right at the time they say it is the time that I think I did let it go what are you telling me I mean that's what my mind's telling me that I let it go I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) but okay let's be real there's a reality that goes with that and I never really let go of anything my husband will look at me and he'll say you have a death grip on this I mean How do you expect it to change if you won't let the change in? Have you guys ever done that? Please tell me other people out there have done that. That you have basically a stranglehold on whatever this situation is. And so much so that you just can't really even see another path. I mean, I think I've lost count of how many times people have called me a control freak. And they're not wrong. I am. And I struggle with the actual letting go of things. It is a real thing for me. And I started looking at, well, why is it such a big thing? And it's because I have to be the good girl and I have to be successful. I mean, if you look at my human design or astrology or any of those things that you want to choose, it's all in there. I'm y'all, I'm built this way. It, it's just the way I am. And then I find myself with all this conditioning that I was raised with. And I feel like I have to then follow that conditioning. Like I said, you've got to be a good girl. You get a good job. You are able to then take care of yourself. Because these are all signs of strength. And of course, anything else would be a show of weakness. And well, that's just simply not allowed. And I was taught, you know, we're, we're not the kind of people who need help. Okay, let me back up for just one second because I need you to hear me. No one meant that in any way to demean anyone else. But if you're from the South, you know what I'm talking about. 
You take care of yourself. You work hard. You do the things you should. And then you don't need help. My friend, Coach Tammy, she calls that a sack of shoulds. And let me tell you, I carry around a really big sack of shoulds. I was told you get an education. You get a good job. At the time, you know, men provide for their families. Women have babies and then they take care of those families. So, of course, what do I do? Well, I'm a good little Southern girl. So, what did I do? I did the things expected of me. And I did that all my life. I made sure everyone was happy. Because happy people aren't angry. Happy people don't yell. They don't argue. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do what's expected of you. And then they can't be mad at you, right? I mean, that's what I learned. That's how I was conditioned. So, how do I make sure that that happened? I controlled everything. I made sure that any outcome of any situation was a good one. There were no issues that might disturb anyone. And the truth is, after all these years, I actually got pretty good at it. At least as good as you can be at something like that. And mind you, this goes to my career and my personal life. Okay. I pursued a career that people said I should because I was good at it. I actually work in marketing and graphic design and public relations and those things. And people say I'm good at it. And the truth is, and I'm still working on why it's so hard for me to say this. I actually am. I've done it for, I don't know, 30 years. And I've helped a lot of businesses see success. It's been great. I can use my words, my creativity, research and things like that. And I can actually manipulate outcomes. I can literally affect change in the way people think. And that goes for the business that needs my help, as well as the consumer that they want to do business with. Now, why did I choose this line of work? Besides what I just explained. At the time, in my mind at least, I thought I was compromising. The truth was I wanted to go to art school. Really, I wanted to go to film school. That was my absolute dream and place I wanted to be. But my parents were concerned that this job would cause me to be starving. You know, there'll be no starving artist in this house. So I compromised. Again, that's what I called it. I mean, they would help me get a degree, a creative degree, something like graphic design or something like that, that they felt like I could actually make money at. So in their minds, they're setting me up. They're helping prepare me for my successful future. So did I compromise or did I give up on the real dream out of being filled with fear and the conditioning that I'd been brought up around. And here we have one of the first examples of me not doing something I had a passion for out of fear. I was too scared to just let go and trust. Because even back then, before I knew what any of this was and had gone through any of these changes, I was starting to ask myself, trust what? You keep saying that, but what is it that you want me to trust? Now, we're going to come back to that later. So, hang tight. First, I want to give you one of the best examples of this trust issue that I seem to have. And that's that I can't swim. 
I'm fairly certain this is actually a trauma response from an event in my childhood. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. The reason I can't actually swim is a fear of letting go. I've had lessons. I've had people help me do things like float, thus proving I do have buoyancy and won't sink. Y'all, we've done all the things. But that last big toe won't come off the bottom of the pool. I have my fists closed so tightly around what happened in my past that I can't let go to allow what could come to me in my future. I watch people play in the water and have such a great time. And the truth is, I'm a little bit envious, but I can't seem to get past that fear to allow myself to join in. I mean, I'm the thing that's stopping me. And working through that why has been a challenge all my life. So anybody else having some of the same issues? Please tell me that you have similar stories of something that you've sort of held yourself back from because you couldn't get past the fear. I do think, however, that I've made some progress, though. I had a moment the other day where I lost some money. I think some of you guys that have been kind of following along with what's going on, you know that I'm dealing with some health issues right now. And one of the big parts of that is brain fog and good bad or indifferent caffeine helps and I love a good sonic diet coke so frequently on my way to work I stop and pick one up every morning when I get one it's a dollar and seven cents so me being the planner that I am I have my little dollar and my dime and I'm ready to pay when I get there well this particular morning I pulled out my little folded money out of my wallet to get my dollar and I watched as it fell, as if in slow motion, just out of my hands. Please understand, it didn't just drop. It was as if it literally melted through my fingers. So I reached to get it. It dropped straight down, right? It's not there. Okay, I looked everywhere. I looked on the floor. I looked under the seat. I looked in that little area on your door, Ours can hold a drink and it has a box of Kleenex in it. I moved the box of Kleenex. Y'all, it was like that money vanished into thin air. So while all this is happening, of course, I figure out how I'm going to pay without my money that I just dropped. And I knew I needed to move something in the back of the card. It had been back there rattling the whole way. So I said, well, let me go fix that while I wait. So I got out to do that. And I looked even more. I looked under the car. I have a little cuff in my pants. I looked in the cuff. Nothing. When I backed out of my spot, I didn't roll my window up or hook my seatbelt right away. I wanted to get a good look at that spot that I had been parked in. Maybe if it was there, I could jump out real quick and grab it before someone else came through the um, drive through It wasn't under the car. It just wasn't there. And I'm thinking, how? How did it just disappear? And at this point, I'm starting to get really aggravated. What the actual fuck? How did this happen? So also, as this was happening, I'm noticing two things. The first thing is that I wasn't angry. Which I admit the old me would have been 
absolutely livid by that point. But I wasn't angry. I was aggravated, but I wasn't angry. The second thing I noticed was the fact that I was actually stopping to take notice of how I was reacting. Again, something that wouldn't necessarily have been something the old me would have quickly done. Let me give you one more little piece of backstory so you kind of understand where some of these emotions are coming from. My husband and I had gone out to take pictures one day. I needed some for work and he had come along to help me out. And one of the last places I wanted to get a picture was a local diner and they sell chocolate shakes and they're, they're really quite amazing and quite tasty. So I said, look, let's go there and get this last picture and I'll buy us shakes as a little treat for all our hard work. Well, of course we get there and we're hot and we both needed to use a restroom and whatnot. And so when it came time to pay, I noticed that he didn't actually have a lot of cash on him. So I offered some of the cash I had in my pocket. I pulled out what I had, which was a 10 and a 20. Now, of course, at this point, I have no idea how much it was. So I was like, which one do you want? And he grabbed the 20. Thinking, okay. But then he told the kid, keep the change. To which the kid was very appreciative. And I thought, damn, how much were these shakes? I mean, they weren't really that big. And I'm kind of doing some quick math in my head. And I'm thinking, they would have had to been like $8 a piece for this to require $20. So I'm making a mental note at this time. You know what? We're not going to get shakes at this diner anymore. I digress. We go and we're drinking our shakes. We're going to walk out. And, and I ask him, look, how much was that? And he says, well, I mean, it was $8 and some change. So I'm kind of, okay. And of course, he's like, why? And I thought, well, and I told him, well, that was just a very generous tip. And of course, he's completely confused. He's looking at me. He says, what do you mean? I gave him a 10. I'm all, no, that was a 20. Of course, he's immediately apologizing. This was my, quote unquote, spending money. And he felt bad that he had taken the wrong amount. And then he's like, look, look make sure, look in your wallet and see. I swore I took the 10. Well, of course he didn't. Now, my take on the whole thing was I can't imagine that $10 was life-changing for this kid, but there must have been a reason for that to happen. And I told my husband that. I said, look, whatever the reason was, we fulfilled it, and it's fine. I mean, look, we're like a lot of other people. We don't have a huge amount of money, but we do okay. We don't have a lot of extra to just sort of throw around. And, I mean, that $10 was money I would have used, but it's not going to break us. And... The end result was, whatever God in the universe needed us to do, it was done. And that was a good thing. So let's just move on. So we did. And the next day at work, there was the weekly invite to partake in the football pool. Which I never do. Because I never win things, y'all. I never win anything. But the money that we give is actually donated to a professional organization where I work. And I was just in a great mood that day. So I said, what the heck? I'll take $10 worth. Now, if you're still with me, that's the amount of our shake tip from the day before. So anyway, the week goes by and I've actually forgotten about all of it by now. But then the guy that runs the football pool walks into my office and hands me $50. Y'all, I won $50. 
And I truly felt like this was God showing me that the money comes back. The blessings come back. It's all about trust. So in all honesty, my aggravation with losing my money at Sonic was partially because that was the money that I won. That money that was in my pocket was the money I had won in the football pool. So I got to work. I'm looking around again. I still can't find it. I've looked everywhere multiple times. So I finally, you know what? I sat down and had to talk with myself. You know, self, you need to break this down. What are you really upset about? Okay, well, number one, why would I be given a win and then have it taken from me? <laughs> Y'all, it felt mean. <laughs> and like, doesn't that kind of defeat the lesson? I mean, you want me to trust, but then taking it away, that doesn't really help the lesson. So, okay, that's one. Two, it wasn't a small amount of money. I mean, the best that I could remember, it was between 40 and $60. Which in the scheme of things may not seem like a huge amount of money, but when you're on a budget, that's a fair amount. I mean, that's a couple weeks of spending money for me, or maybe even longer. Third was the big one. I needed to solve the puzzle. Where the fuck did that money go? I needed to understand. I needed to know why. And I needed to know the outcome. So, what have we learned here today? It wasn't about the money. It was about control. You ask me to trust, and then you take what I want. And in that moment, my control was then linked to my trust. But I knew that in that moment, I needed to show gratitude to God and to the universe and to just let it go. I know what you're thinking. What? Me? Let a puzzle go? Yep, that's what we're doing. So as I walked into work, I said a silent little prayer. Went a little bit like this. I said, look, I'm not overly happy that I lost my winnings. But if this is what needed to happen, then I'm grateful that I could be used as the vessel to get the money to the place where it needed to be. So that whoever it was that needed to find it could do so. I also wish for this money to bless them in the way that they needed to in their life. Then I walked inside and I completely forgot about it. I had actually a pretty busy day, had a lot of things to do, and the money was gone. So I could let it ruin my day or I could mean what I just said and I could move on. Again, for folks that know me, this isn't really the me that you would have seen in the past. So fast forward to that night, I get home and my husband's like, look, when we get done with dinner, I'm going to go out and see if I can find that money. He's like, it has to be there. And I actually was a little bit shocked. I had completely forgotten about it. When he said it was when I remembered. And of course, he knows me. We've been together for many many years so I think he figured that I was kind of still fretting over it but I really wasn't so what happens he takes a flashlight he walks to the car he moved the Kleenex box in the door that I had moved at least three times already and he found the money in like five seconds because of course he did but the truth was 
when I finally truly let it go and I stopped trying to control that situation and stopped trying to know the why and the outcome, the gift was given back to me. The rub is so much of my life has been that last big toe that won't come off the bottom of the pool. That last thing that I can't let go of. That desire to know the outcome, to solve the puzzle, to control the outcome so that everyone's happy and that all's right with the world. I want to know what I need to do so I can be prepared because I'm a planner. I anticipate. I plan. It's what I'm good at. It's how I make my living. And if I let go, what's going to happen? It's the not knowing that gets me every time. And when I look at my life and I consider doing the things that truly make me happy, what happens? I worry. I need to know the outcome. How will I make enough money if I start this business? How will I provide for my family? So what do I do? I continue on the path that I know, the path that I've been conditioned to follow. And I have my fist closed so tightly around the things I should do in my life that I can't let my hands be open to accept the blessings that are meant for me and my family. How can you receive when you have closed hands? Someone owes you change at a store, but you reach up with a closed hand. How are they supposed to give it to you? Someone brings you a gift for your birthday. You can't take it or or open the box if your hands are closed. You must open your hands to receive. Consider this. Spending so much time with your fists closed is not allowing things to reach your heart either. When you close your fist, what else are you doing? Are you fighting? How many of you have ever boxed out there? And what do you do? You make a fist. What else do you do? You keep your hands up. You protect yourself while you're fighting. So that nothing else can get in. Nothing can hurt you. But what else is happening? When you protect like that, you're also keeping the good things out. So I'm discovering that when I open my hands, it also opens my heart. To possibilities. There might be another way. There might be another reason. Look what happened with that money. It found its way back to me. God in the universe proved once again that they've got my back. Now look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I don't have to learn to really open myself up and to open my heart up and to remind myself to live in a place of gratitude And to get myself to a point that that's just an automatic reaction. And you know, things don't always happen the way I planned them or the way I envisioned them. But I can tell you this, that every single time that I've let go, things have happened better. They happen better than I ever could have planned it, that I ever could have envisioned it. So, what are you fighting I'm learning I don't have to fight and solve every puzzle. I don't have to know every outcome. And that's starting to show me what letting go really means. Okay, so I said I would get back to the trust thing. And again, 
when people would say, let go and just trust. Who are you asking me to trust? Myself? Are you asking me to trust God? The answer is yes. Yes. Because the reality is, if there's an action that I need to take, I'm going to receive a nudge. And I'm going to receive whatever it is that I need to accomplish that goal. As long as I trust. The not knowing and being okay with that is the hardest thing I think I fight every day. Just taking that breath and relaxing. Getting to the bottom of what's really going on. Like I did with the money at Sonic. And then adjusting my thought process. And hear me, this is a daily practice. And some days I'm better at it than others. But it is truly allowing me to open up that grip and to trust. Sometimes that means taking the action I do know so I can get to the next step. And that includes not knowing what's beyond that step. Sometimes it means just sitting in the moment and just allowing life to be. When you can start getting to the heart of what you're really afraid of and you can start to let go of the conditioning and all those shoulds that you think you should be doing, you'll start to find and to listen to your inner voice. You'll start to trust your intuition and your faith. I believe you'll find your way to not knowing and trusting it anyway. Thanks so much for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it was helpful to you in some way. Make sure to like and rate and do all those fun things for our podcast. We really do appreciate it. And of course, check out the show notes for links and any other important information. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ballyhoo Bridge. If you're looking for guidance in your journey, head over to BallyhooBridge.com. There you can do things like choose a time for a free 30-minute clarity call with me. And you can find out what Ballyhoo Bridge means, in case you were wondering. In the meantime, don't forget to take care of yourself. Until next time.